Friends, let us think today about what we do when we lose our way, as we meditate on the life of St. John of the Cross. He is known for two amazing writings, The Spiritual Canticle and The Dark Night of the Soul. He was a saint in Spain at the time of my favorite saint, St. Teresa of Avila, and I studied him in my high school years in Spain, and my tutor, Madre Elena, who passed away last year, and I loved her, was a literature teacher that really showed us amazing writers from these amazing people. And I came to know a little bit about him then, and because he was friends with my favorite saint, I have read pieces of his writing, which is not really a lot, but it's intense. I don't think he wrote more than 2,500 verses, but they are the most beautiful verses. They are about the intimate union with our Lord. Both St. Teresa and himself were mystics that experienced this ecstatic union with the Lord. They live very aesthetic lives, very dedicated lives, and they walk together within the Carmelite order to open convents and schools. And St. John of the Cross died when he was 39 years old, and he did so much, and his life was very hard, and he writes these beautiful dark night of the soul that asks that question for me about what do we do when we get lost in our spiritual life? What do we do when we don't find a North Star, when everything has become dry and we don't know our way? And life can bring that to us, can't it? It can be the loss of someone. I tell you that this Christmas season, I am grieving the loss of my grandmother. I put the tree up and we were putting lights up and it's the first Christmas that she's not here and she was here with us last year in our house and even though she had Alzheimer's and her sense of reality would come in and out and she would lose her, her mind and scream and, and, and it really wasn't her anymore most of the time. When we put music on, she was herself and she loved Christmas carols and I would place the one play the ones that were my... American grandfather's favorite, her husband's favorite. And she would hum them and sing them with me. And I was putting lights up and I was just crying. Um, I miss her. And life is not the same when somebody that we count on, that we build our life upon, leaves. And my dad left a couple, a few years ago now, it seems like a couple, but um, um, two pillars in my life gone. And so a lot of what I did in my life was based on wanting to please them, wanting to know they were proud of who I was and what I was doing was, was really directed to being somebody that they they wanted me to be, which had a very beautiful side to it, and then another side that maybe was constraining. But after they're gone, all that energy that was dedicated to pleasing them and being with them in a way they wanted me to be is now available for something else. And ah, reading The Dark Night of the Soul reconnects me to that moment and that time and that experience of being in the presence of God, even when we don't feel Him. There's something about a numbness that takes over us when we 
lose someone dear to us. Like the emotional impact is so great that it numbs us to other feelings. And so I was surprised to find tears when I was listening to the Christmas carol. So if you haven't picked up The Dark Night of the Soul, pick it up. It's similar to the Song of Songs in the Bible. It's a poem about the longing for the for the relationship with our Heavenly Father and the soul resting in that joyful encounter and knowing that nothing else matters. St. John of the Cross was very poor. He was born of a family. His story is fascinating if you like biographies. He's born of a couple. The father was an accountant of merchant family roots. They were, I think, in the silk trade. And the mom was only from a weaver family. So when they get married, the dad gets disinherited, pushed out, and, and they live in very poor ways. And he dies when St. John of the Cross is only three years old. And one of his brothers, there are three, he dies pretty much of destitution. So the mom takes both kids and puts them in an orphanage uh, slash convent. And he gets trained by the Jesuits and then uh, decides to become a priest. He wants to be a Carthusian, that if you know anything about, they're the most austere of all the orders. But he becomes a Carmelite. And at that time, he's studying at the University of Salamanca in Spain, which is the first medieval university. And he's learning in Arabic and, I'm sorry, in Aramaic and Hebrew. He's um, has these great teachers that really influence him. And it's St. Teresa of Avila that says, maybe you want to help me out with all my convents. She's older than he is. And so he doesn't become a Carthusian. He becomes a Carmelite. And at that time, they had this big dispute. My husband is hilarious. He finds that the fact that they were fighting about whether they could be disguised, so there was this order that didn't really wear closed shoes, which meant they were more austere, versus the cost that were actually, they wore shoes. And they had this huge fight to the point that at some point, St. John of the Cross is kidnapped, imprisoned really, by one of the orders. And he spends several months in this tiny six by 10 cell where he can eat just barely nothing. And the prison guard gives him pieces of paper and that is where he writes his Cantico Espiritual. He writes these beautiful verses and he can only have like a tiny bit of light that comes in from a cell that is next to his. It's like a very tragic story, but he uses that time to connect with God and dwell in the presence of God. And he writes these incredible ecstatic verses that if you feel lost, you can read and say, find me, Father, because I don't know how to find you. And that's really beautiful. And he ends up dying young from a disease i can't even remember the name but it's one of these uh, diseases of the skin that spreads to the lymph nodes and he dies in andalusia in a city named ubeda and he dies with his enemies these people are torturing him like emotionally all the way to the point of his death he's a doctor of the church because he's teaching us steps for how to heal ourselves or how to find our connection to god and because he exemplified the virtues and the values of the Bible, he lived, as Jesus said, according to the precepts of God's law. And anyone who's done that is paving the way for us. So he is a friend for my soul. And I have recourse to him to say, pray for me, help me out when I feel like I'm lost. You know, show me the way um, to the Father. So 
In the readings for today, we have the book of Numbers that has a reading that is a little confusing to me. Is The book of Numbers, you know, is when Moses is counting the tribes and it's sort of like a census. But this is chapter 24 and they have Balaam that is talking to the Israelites. And, and we know that this is somebody that, that has sort of an oracle that makes these utter, godly utterances, but he ends up separating the people of God from God. And so when we see our Psalm 25, we hear, Teach me your ways, O Lord. Show me the ways. Guide me in your truth. Teach me, which is what St. John of the Cross was, a teacher. He opened so many convents and schools in his short 39 years on earth. He was very, very fruitful. And he writes things that can guide us in teaching, in teaching God's ways in a very unique way for a situation if you feel like you've lost your way, like you are in a dark night of the soul, like if you don't know your bearings, if you are wondering about your identity. I know that in the last little bit, in a different way, not in the depth of what St. John of the Cross does, I am remaking my own identity after losing two pillars of my life. And we have to be kind and patient with ourselves and also know that God walks with us. So when we arrive at the Gospel, Matthew 21st, we find Jesus coming into the temple to be tricked and questioned by the chief priests and the elders who are asking him, by whose authority are you doing these things? Who's given it to you? And Jesus doesn't answer directly. So we can take a clue from him when we are being attacked by others. We don't have to throw our pearls to the pigs. He's attacked and he asks them a question. Why don't you tell me by whose authority did John do what he did? And we read about that in the readings for Sunday's Gospel, that John was questioned by everybody. Who are you and why are you doing this? And so Jesus uses that very statement, in whose authority, because he knew that John the Baptist was popular and the chief priests weren't going to want to get in a fight with the crowd because they liked to have you know, positive comments in their social media chat box, right? That's not a new thing. And so they don't answer because they knew they couldn't go against him, but they also couldn't say that the authority came from God because they were trying to find a way to kill him. So then Jesus tells them, then if you don't tell me, I don't tell you either. So we can take clues for very practical stances that we don't have to engage with the enemy and and be thrown down in the path where, where they're going downhill. We, we can step outside and not engage. And that's very important. So as you are wondering in your path, wherever you are, if you're in a desert, if you're in a difficult moment, pick up a reading from St. John of the Cross and let us pray together. Father Almighty, life will take us to deserts. Life will take us to grief. Life will take us to sorrow. Life will take us to loss. We ask that you help us find our way back to you. We ask that you help us find a peace beyond all understanding. We ask that you help us in your presence to choose that joy. That is the joy of St. John of the Cross who lived a very austere and a very poor life and spent it so wisely, spent it writing poems about your greatness and showing the way through building convents and schools and fighting those around him that were unkind to him with kindness. We ask that you teach us your way, Father, 
that you grant us your salvation. He took up the name of the cross as part of his vows and that we may, in the mystery of that cross that comes in our lives sometimes, we may find the glory of your resurrection, which is our hope. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.